Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. And thanks to my podcasting partner and co-host, Patrick, from Pullstring Press for this great studio. Hey, Patrick, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Patrick, I'm going to... I don't need any introduction to our guest because Jan was the first guest on this show 195 episodes ago. I, I'm sorry, I was just shaking my head, which is bad for radio. <laughs> to me, I can't believe I can't believe it's been 195 episodes. Yeah, she and Sharon Main uh, sat right in this studio four years ago. I think. And how time flies! Right, I, I thought you were, were going to say 195 years ago, <laughs> which is what I feel like this morning. Well, but no, that okay. you know we had started this. Um, now I'm going to take our listener back. Our listener knows mm-hmm. that 805 Connect is the economic development project that we started mm, six years ago right. to connect San Luis Obispo, Ventura, and Santa Barbara co- County uh, economically, and and all the things that we did through that. The 27 chambers. And I went. You were at the Santa Barbara Foundation at the time. I was. And I and I went there to see if we could get um, seed funding and seed sponsorship, right? To because I'd gone and gotten slow in Ventura, and I'll never forget. You said at a meeting. You said, "You need to follow the money." You said. Wow! You I didn't realize to, I was that smart. <laughs> you need to go find the people who care that this is successful. Right. Get those people and then come back. And we did. And we came back and, and thank you again for advocating for us. Then what happened was we found there were all these great stories in the 805 and we were doing newsletter and blog and that kind of stuff, but people weren't reading. And then I heard about Patrick's show, another show that he runs called Towned. Um, right. And I was like, hold because he's live from the basement of the Balboa building. <laughs> Broadcasting like, from the basement of the Balboa building. It's like, hold it, the Balboa building is one block from where I am right now. Who is this guy? And we met and I told him about 805 Connect and then I called you and said, would would you come be on the show? We published, I think, eight episodes um, in our first, no, we did eight and then, because Patrick knew about this city, you have to <laughs> kind of produce a little body of work. Right. Don't give away prove all, yourself. That's right. Don't right. give away and all the that secrets. that week, California Lutheran University calls and said, we'd like to be the exclusive sponsor of the show. They're, they have an incredible program down there. Yeah. They really do. Right? Yeah. That's great. So welcome back. Thank I'm you. Give a little history lesson to the people in the 42 countries that listen to the show, the tens of thousands of downloads. It's been wildly successful. You now are the executive director of Domestic Violence Solutions. Mm here in Santa Barbara. And and I I just thought that this is such an important conversation to have uh, on a lot of different levels. It is. How long has DVS been around? So um, let me just, of course, you know I always have to correct you on something, Mark. Thank you. So it's Thank Domestic you. Violence Solutions for Santa Barbara County. So we are a countywide Got agency. Um, and I realized when I was driving back from Santa Maria that Santa Barbara is a really big county. Yeah, it is. 
Um, so we have been um, in existence. We started back in the 80s as Shelter Services for Women. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and so it was a, um, at the time, it was a CETA-funded program. I don't know if anyone remembers CETA, California Education and Training um, Act. But um, we started, uh, we ha- bought our first shelter. Um, we opened our first shelter in Santa Barbara in 1977. And before that, there were no exclusive shelters for women who were victims of intimate partner violence. Um, and since then, we've added a shelter in Lompoc. That was our second shelter. And then the third one was in Santa Maria. Uh, that was in 1987. So, um, it's grown, and in I'm I can't remember the exact year. I think it was somewhere in the early '80s, 1981. We became do, uh, domestic violence solutions. We now serve all genders, so not just women. Although women are the um, the primary um, client that we have, um, we have had a few men. Actually, we have one right now, but um, but it's primarily women. And the sad thing, it's we have more children than adults right now in our shelters. Do kids just come knock at the door? Do they even know it's they're with mom or dad? Right. So the shelters are all confidential. So you can't walk into a shelter. You have to call our crisis line, which is a 24-7 um, uh, emergency line. And we talk to a lot of people that are not actually in an emergency situation, but just want maybe some guidance or some help or some information. But um, primarily it, when when we bring people into shelter, it's, it's usually a family. Um, usually, usually, very typically, it's a mom and children. Um, so the children come come with mom um, or dad. We've had um, we we had a, a dad with a very young daughter. It was very sad, but um, ultimately we found him a place to live and case managed him kind of on to the next phase of his journey. So, yeah, it's our shelters are all confidential. They're all secure. Um, you know, we deal with law enforcement calls, and so some law enforcement uh, personnel know where we are. Some don't. So it depends. Oh, so that's the the location by design is oh absolutely off the grid. It's totally off the grid. Yeah, it has to be because people. It, it's it's an it's not interesting. It's just I, I don't have this in my life, and I'm learning about this every day. But to live in constant fear of someone trying to hurt you or take your children or kill you. Last year we had four homicides, domestic violence homicides. So when you say we, you mean in the county. In the county, Santa Barbara County. Right. Fortunately this year we have had none. And we're in the middle of domestic violence awareness month. October is DV awareness month and we just had our um we've had two vigils, one in Lompoc and one in Santa Maria and our our uh, the one that's coming up in Santa Barbara is the 25th here. Episea Nuevo. So we honor those people that have lost their lives to um, intimate partner violence. We celebrate the survivors, their courage and their resilience, which is the really the best part. Um, of course, it's very tragic and sad um, to deal to meet the families of those people who have who have lost their lives. Last night, I talked to a dad whose daughter was killed last year. It's like, what do you, you know, I have kids. I have my, sure. you know, my girls are 29 and 25 and I can't, and his daughter was 26 when she was killed. So I, what do you say to someone like that? I'm sorry. Do you, do you think this is a good question of my own as, as 
because you're saying this is uh, right. DV Awareness Month, um, do you think that there's maybe a misconception in the community or in the in the general population that thinks, oh, this is a this is a struggle that we had back in the '80s, but we solved it. We solved it with shelters like this, and so it's it's gone away because we don't see it in the we don't see this as a as a it's not a storyline on TV anymore. It's not a you know it's not it's not the uh, the cause du jour. Right. That's a really good question. I'm glad you asked that, Patrick. It's someone was asking me about you know has the Me Too movement helped domestic violence survivors. Actually, there was a really good article in the New York Times a while ago. It really, it certainly raised awareness about vulnerability and power. Um, and yes, I think people did sort of like, we, so we built shelters, we had a place for people to go, but but intimate partner violence, this is oftentimes it's, it's about your family. You know, it's easier to admit and come out and say, you know, I was harassed at work or, you know, I had a neighbor, but this is someone usually we're dealing with people that are dealing with someone that they loved or that they think loves them. Mm-hmm. So how hard mm-hmm. is that to mm-hmm. admit that the person you trusted that you've had children with, you know, is hurting you? So no, in fact, DV is even more prevalent mm-hmm. now. Um, we just did participated in a, um, a one day survey put on, a census actually put on by the California Partnership to End Domestic Violence. So every year they, actually, I'm sorry, it's the the National Network to End Domestic Violence. We're involved in a lot of different organizations, but they do a national census. So every every year, all the DV shelters and all of those, uh, the domestic violence agencies take a point in time survey of, um, of how many calls they get. Last year, just in California alone, just on one day was over 6,000 calls. That is a devastating number. It's a devastating number. And I think what's really struck me, um, I mean, I've been, I was a supporter of shelter services for women when they were shelter services for women. And certainly as a funder at the Santa Barbara Foundation, I was always very much of a uh, proponent for, um, for funding the agency as a, a homeless agency, because people come to us literally homeless, they're fleeing. Um, And also certainly as a, um, as a, uh, a help for women, um, for primarily women in need, that is one of my passions. But um, it's it's such a silent epidemic, and to try to get people to talk about it, to come out, to seek help, is really difficult. So we we partner with a number of agencies to not only help our our clients and our survivors, but to also educate. Particularly, young people mm-hmm. um, about what is a toxic relationship, what is a healthy relationship. You would be shocked at some of the, at the the statistics in the high schools that th- that mm. young people don't really understand what a toxic relationship is. What a, what pa- it's about power and control. And that probably presents at that age as well. Oh, unbelievable! Totally dramatic. And what's really interesting is it's both boys and girls it's almost evenly split Mm. you know and now at the high school at the high school level it goes even down into junior high i mean think about the fat you know the accelerated development with technology that that young adults young people have today so Mm. they have so much more access um you know and again part of it is um you know is mirroring what's going on in your own family um is that most of it or just part of it? It's a big part of it. Intergenerational violence across all 
all violent activities is fairly well documented. The the incidents or the chances that someone will be will either allow themselves to be abused or become an abuser has as a direct correlation to what their family was like. You know how kids are; they model what they see. Exactly. Um, and. Let me just digress a little bit. It's when I we do uh, what we call a forty-hour training. One is coming up in December. Um, people want to volunteer, um, and so because of our the way our funding is structured, one of the requirements that we have through one of our our government funding sources is that anyone that works with a DV victim needs to be trained. And so we provide a forty-hour training. We talk about. Um, the cycle of domestic violence, which is a syndrome. I mean, you can see it. We explain it to people. Again, power and control. When you say that, you mean it operates exactly like these other syndromes that are happening? Without question. Right. You know, where you can, you, I mean, even you might see it even in your own relationship, which may or may not, may or may not be toxic. Um, but, you know, you got kind of go through the honeymoon phase and then there's sort of like the, well, okay, you didn't really put the dishes away or you know that type of thing but in a in a in an abusive relationship there's you know it's it's the honeymoon phase and then it sort of you know degenerates into you know violence or abuse verbal abuse emotional abuse then there may maybe it may spark physical abuse and then there's the regret and the shame and then it's you know you're on your best behavior and it's cyclical hmm. it's cyclical and oftentimes what we see is there's an obsessive element. And what's really scary to me is when we get people out of, when we educate the victims about what this, what this syndrome is and how to recognize it and how to break that cycle, sometimes the abuser who, you know, stalking is a huge issue mm. now, of course, mm -hmm. um, they may just move that obsession onto someone else. And mm. so thus it's sort of self-perpetuating. I, of course, I don't have any of the research, um, but it, as you described that, as you described that, 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 you know, kind of the toxic right. environment, I heard work environment in that. Like I, I saw this person at work experiencing that from, from that happening to them and then going home and essentially becoming the person who hands that off. Right. Like, that, you know, as you said, that transfer, I was thinking like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, it's certainly not isolated to their relationship. It's it, their, it, their intimate relationships. Right. And I think, again, I'm not a mental health professional, but you see that kind of behavior and it, it's pervasive. You know, that may be or it could be that it's contained in that in the mm -hmm. one intimate mm -hmm. relationship. So it that sort of yeah. so that satisfies it. I don't really know. I mean, what's what's been really interesting to me um, is how much I've learned in the last six months. So I've been mm. at DVS since March. Um, and I always felt I was fairly well educated on this subject, but th there is no way. Um, do you think that that, do, because I think a lot of people will feel that way, that, oh, I feel, I feel like I understand this problem, but do you think that a, that, that maybe is a struggle that you're fighting with too, is, is trying to like get this information into people's hands who really are like, I don't really want to know more. I don't want to know more about a hard subject. It's really difficult. You know, right now we're, we talk about, um, um, being a bystander, mm. you know, and how difficult. What if you were, what if you saw someone at work and you knew or they told you mm. that they were in mm. an abusive relationship? And the, what is the first thing we want to do, which is like, not my movie, you know, yeah, it's like, right. yeah, you yeah. deal. Who wants to step into someone's relationship and say, you know, but 
people can die. People yeah, right. can be hurt. Right. Children can be hurt. So part of what we try to do is educate people on how to be an upstander, not a bystander. How hmm. to how oh. to step in, huh? Yeah, hashtag good. Yeah, good hashtag term. Go yeah. on our website. That's our theme for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Oh, that's great. When you recognize that, at least give people our information. Have them call our crisis line, which is, Mark, you have the card. It's 1-805-964-5245. And we answer all calls 24-7, whether it's, you know, how do I get, who do I connect with to, um, to get custody of my children? It's it's so think about what we have every single day, you know, in in our home, you know, we I mean, I can speak for myself, you know, I I live I've had a very privileged life. I mean, I've always worked, but, you know, I've had a privileged life and I've never, ever (laughs) hope my husband is listening to this. (laughs) I've never, ever really realized how privileged I've been until I've seen people Uh, that that are not. Um, And when. I want to take privilege off of the economic. Yes. Yeah. Right. right. It's, it's not, not privileged n- economically right. because this no. is not a socioeconomic problem. And thank you for clarifying that. It's not. It's 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 across all demographics, right. all ages, all socioeconomic you know spectrum. What I mean by privileged is, I think of it as freedom. You know, people that we see sometimes don't have the freedom to go out to dinner with a friend. Mm. Or walk their dog by themselves. You know, I get up every morning and I kind of like, wow, what am I going to do today? You know, of course, I'm going to go to work, but, you know, what am I going to wear? Right. You know, I mean, even as as basic as what kind of clothes people wear or who they talk to or how they wear their hair. And then it comes down to how do you parent children? Mm. That it's, I could go on and on, but well, of course my, we don't what, have that much well, time. Well, we, no, yeah. we, we have plenty of time. <laughs> okay, I mean, okay. this is... It, it's what's it's so interesting and i i loved how you called it the silent epidemic because this is going on this right now today somewhere someone can't wait to get to work to get out of the house without question and if they can even get out of the house if they can get out of the house and and patrick by you talking about jobs i'm thinking that person who was the abused goes to work and has a friend and talk and what is that person doing? And then the abuser mm-hmm. goes to work and does that anger get taken? I mean, it's just, this is really pervasive. And I wanna get back to education. Is there, so if we think about this long term, you can't really, I mean, I, I shouldn't say this, you can't fix this, you just have to, uh, provide support around it, or could it be fixed? So that's a really good question, and that's actually what the the domestic violence service providers are really struggling with right now, because initially it was sort of, if you think about it, emerging from, from I mean, you can go back and look at all the laws. I mean, w- you know, the, when it became illegal to beat your wife, I mean, it's, you know, not very long ago. I mean, so... So it's kind of gone along with with the history of the women's movement and and probably Which is the 70s. yes and probably Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg who I love anyway yeah. um, <laughs> the notorious RBG yeah I keep know. it up girl I got the yes got keep the blinking t-shirt. keep yeah. blinking lady yeah. Yeah. anyway um, so so um, 
Oh, I lost my train of thought. I don't know, but I want to talk about Kavanaugh now. Oh, no, no, no. no we're not. No. Is, can this be fixed? Because, yes. Right. Okay, Because thank if you. I think about uh, a medical issue that we don't, there's a, a, you know, cancer research, for instance, we don't know. AIDS research was a good right. one. We could throw money at the problem, right. and then we can, we can fix that. And we can go back and look at... Uh, cultural things that need to be changed we do all of that like if it's fully systemic right but so, this well so that so that was kind of where i was going off on it it's so what when 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 we came into existence it was about shelter it was about mm -hmm. safety and shelter mm -hmm. getting people out of out of because it's an acute situation it's, it's an acute yeah. situation yeah, yeah. it's like an emergency room but that's that's a downstream Right. problem the, right. the the issue has to be an upstream solution which can only be well it has to start with education and awareness right. and it has to start with with recognizing the signs um understanding early what, warning early, signals early warning signals as well as and this is my hope is changing society's perception about what is funny, for example, what is funny and what's not. I mean, I can go some, somewhere and, and tell people what I do and they're like, oh, oh yeah, oh the domestic violators, or you know, it's like Alzheimer's jokes, never funny. Right. Mm -hmm. Domestic right. violence right. jokes, never funny. Well, right. you know, she might've deserved it. Or it's, it's never funny. Right. It's how do you change society's attitudes and, uh, and also, I mean, to just to lob on an even bigger issue, um, it's although although DV cuts across all socioeconomic um, areas, poverty doesn't help. Mm, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it doesn't help that you might not have ever have access to f to financial information that you might not know that you might have nowhere to go. Is and there then, is there a place on the planet that there's hope? Is there, like, like you know, we always start to reach back to places like, oh, well, in Norway, they don't have this. <laughs> I was just going to say, We're, I'm going to go to Norway. Yeah. Iceland, perhaps? No. They're all related to each other, I think, in Iceland. Or, Probably. You know. Sure. Vikings. Vikings. Yeah. I'm just, I'm wondering if, if like, is, is, there, is there a model out there that we can look at and say, oh, actually, when, um, socially speaking, there's hope. You know, I'm just like, is there, is, is, is there somebody, is there some culture that currently exists where there is, you know, less even? You know, I, I, I don't know. It's like, is there a culture where there's no violence? Right. Well, I mean, there, there are like Australia. Yeah. Answers, no. Yeah. Well, no, but, but, but when the when the argument comes, because I'll, I'll have this argument pretty regularly about like, well, let's let's just eliminate this kind of like militarized police force, and people will say, well, then how do we deal with the right, bad yeah. guys? And I'm like, well, there's there's actually clear analogies of right. how that can happen. Right. You know, I, d I don't know. I'm going to certainly go back and Google that. I, I honestly don't know. I think, um, you know, there are, again, is, does this get back to the anthrop anthropological difference between men and women or powerful people and unpowerful people? I don't know. Um, I wish that it wasn't the case. I wish I would. I wish because I have a daughter. I right. have a one-year-old daughter. Yeah, and yep. she's wonderful. And I, I. But, so you can imagine. I quake with terror. Yes, yeah, of sure. course. At the idea of her, um, yeah, just anything, any any terrible idea that you can come up with. But like any of these stories that you might tell, I put her in that mind, in that place, and I go, no. Well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to scare that your pink hat off you, Patrick. Yeah, thank but, you. Um, 
but I think, and Mark knows this too, as as a parent, you know, you can do every single thing right or every single thing wrong, and you really sort of don't have any control over the outcome. I think certainly modeling great behavior in in a primary relationship, but and I hope my my daughter isn't listening to this, but <laughs> Noni, don't listen. Um, but my older daughter was involved in a relationship in high school that just drove me absolutely crazy mm. to where I, I did things that I, I never, you know, you know, hiding in the back of someone's car to see where she went after school. You know, I, I will admit that. But but ultimately, and it was a, it was a, a it was a, what I think would be was an abusive relationship, a verbally abusive relationship. And Ultimately, she figured it out and got out of it herself. But as a parent, to be able to be totally helpless mm. um, is the most frightening thing ever. So you do what you can. Yep. Um, you think about the positive. You can't, you know, you can't dwell on that and and enjoy every moment when they're <laughs> when they're one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, we need to get our crack okay. research staff ask this question of the Google machine. Yes. Okay. What country has the lowest rate of domestic violence? Oh. Is yeah. our crack Google machine doing Yo, it? No, we right? have that. We've, we've got minions. Um, <laughs> millions of Isn't minions. Isn't it just like minion singular? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, no, don't, we, don't blow our cover. Okay. Um, I want to go back to education. You really took me to school uh, several years ago when we first were working with the foundation and, and we were talking about uh, the business climate because we, we talk about the business climate here a lot on the show and it's right. very interesting to me. I was like oh. the right guy to go and do that. And you had said, you had talked about poverty and you had talked about education. You said if we can res if we can solve those problems where the the community is going to be better. Mm -hmm. We're going to have less crime. We're going to have right. less. Yes. We're going to have all of those kinds of things. That was always my goal, you know, full employment for all. And, you know, so people don't have to struggle. Right. Right. And so I'm just curious on the education side. It feels like um, there's an opportunity. I I'm instantly went to have you presented to the H the Santa Barbara HR Society, SHRM, Society of HR Manager, SHRM, right. uh, on what kind of training we can put in for the workforce because you know that that, that woman comes, uh, she's just had an awful breakfast, like, oh my God, I can't wait to get to work, and she's distraught. She's obviously distraught, and she has a coworker who she confides in. We know this. As secret as it is, they, there are signs. Are we training the workforce to say, see something, say something? That, Mark, that is awesome. I want you to come on my board. <laughs> um, no, that's, that is an absolutely fantastic idea. And I, I, I will reach out. If you can connect me, that would be great. Because, yeah, I mean, think about how much time we all spend at work. And most of the most time. of the time and yeah. educating people through work. And I just do, I do have one statistic that I do want to read. Um, and that is the cost to society of domestic oh, yeah, no violence. Doubt. No it's doubt. huge. Yeah. Um, thirteen billion dollars average yeah. spent last year on on you know lost work, 
Um, so where I go with yeah, where, where, awesome. that specific thing. Uh, so one of our sponsors is Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services, and we've had Greg in, and we've had several of his people in, and one of the things they do is around risk management. Right. Right. So now we're talking about relational risk, relationship risk, and mitigating relationship risk. And what they do is they go for free into a company and put in wellness programs with their partners because the well workforce is the workforce that has less sick days, has less all of that. Absolutely. And and is there an equivalent here to if we if we went to the business leadership? Now let's let's go above HR, go to the business leaders and say, listen, this silent epidemic is going on. Are they people are losing work days? There there's there's a motivation for them to come to the table. I think that's fantastic. I mean, our you know, again, um, as a as a small agency, you know, we do we certainly do what we can. But I'm a you know me, I'm a big believer in collaboration and right. partnerships. Right. Absolutely. And I think that is a fantastic idea. We certainly our education and our prevention program has really concentrated on students, you know, young people. But yes, and do that. Yes, we have to do that. But also, um, I think you're a hundred percent. People may be more open to listening to that, to a discussion of that in a workplace where it doesn't feel so intimate. It feels more, again, like you said, it's about wellness. It's about, um, I mean, you know how you, how badly you feel when you come to work after you after something happened? You know, you, you know. I'm a wreck. Yeah, you can't, you can't oh, concentrate. Yeah. Anybody who's gone through a breakup yeah. knows oh, that's all the you worst. think. That it's Obsessive. So, uh, so okay, I want to travel down this okay. road a little bit because um, another guest of the show, John Davies, is a master of nonverbal communication. Like he's black belt level nonverbal guy. If I were in an employee all hands mm-hmm. and I had someone, because I remember we had to go through the mandatory uh, sexual Har- harassment training, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So now here's another mandatory, this type of DV training. If someone was in the room watching the uh, nonverbals in the employees, I bet you the skilled person could say, we need to go talk to these three probably. people afterwards. I mean, it's not difficult to figure out. That's so funny that you should mention, John, he works out at the same gym I do. And um, I mean, he, he I love Davies Communications. They are, they are totally experts. And um, yeah, he's, he, he is a master at that. And that's a great idea too. Now the other. I didn't think I was going to come on the show and get a whole bunch more work, but apparently I was Sorry. wrong. Sorry. You know, the conversations with me turn <laughs> into to-do lists for other people. I can see that. Um, so the other one where I would go, because um, as you know, I was uh, the head of the partners in education back right. in the day, yep. and that that joining of the business leadership and educational right. leadership. That's well, another I, great idea. Right, I would go there, uh, and I would say, okay, well. Remember, we were saying that the the kid who is raised in a, an abusive home, whereas the the parent, the abuser, you said intimate partner violence. So that person who's doing that is not directed at the kids, though sometimes it is. I got that, but let's say it's not mm-hmm. in this case because I can't think of kids getting hurt. No, that's just it's... that's wrong on a lot of levels. Um, but they see it. So is there a see something, say something? For kids who the fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Cavega, says, Johnny, what's wrong? You know, dad 
speak mom again. And they also made their culture of silence and the omerta is yeah. probably extremely strong. But is there also a training that needs to happen at the K-12 or K-8? There is. Um, let me just mention, now that you mentioned that, first of all, we're mandatory reporters. So if we respond to a law enforcement call, which we do, um, and there are children that have witnessed DV or, um, you know, or are, 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 are involved in it, um, we have to report that to child welfare. So we work closely with, with CWS. Um, the schools, I think, again, um, I don't know how far down it goes. I know in, at the high school level I- across the county, and some schools are better than others, have um, clubs after school acti- where they talk about you know, it's sort of in a way like group counseling. I know What Is Love is a very big organization here in Santa Barbara um, that that um, works with the high school students. Again, on the on the younger kids, I, I don't know. Um, again, we don't have the staff to do that, but it would be certainly great to talk with the teachers. Well, it's a partnering opportunity. It is a partnering opportunity, and Calm and sure. and Family Service Agency yeah. actually um, have contracts, fairly hefty contracts, with the school district, and they're working. There are so many issues around um, around children, and you know I don't know if you all have heard. I'm sure you have, Mark, too. The um, uh, the ACES scores, adverse childhood experiences. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a national um, methodology where um, where kids are are scored on on how many adverse childhood experiences they have and what their oh risk level is. No, it's it's horrifying. I saw a video once or when, when I was going through the 40-hour training that just completely freaked me out. Um, it was a discussion of a, of a of domestic violence dispute in front of three children. One was 12, one was six, and one was an infant. Hmm. And of the three children, so the, 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 the 12- or 13-year-old is going to just shut down and and go watch video, play video games. That's typically, the, in this scenario, that's what happens. That's the defense mechanism. Yeah, the six-year-old is going to act out, you mm. know, scream and yell, whatever. The baby has no way of processing right. this. Right. So the adverse childhood experience on that infant is way worse Full than... Full absorption. Yep. Yes, because the brain is still developing. Yep. So That's where I was going. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking that, um, you know, w- we talk about... Um, Patrick being a dad and his <laughs> young daughter a lot. It, it just naturally comes up yeah. a lot in the show. And I had learned early on that you want to focus on that zero to seven because they're baked at seven, it's, right? Well, it's even, it's zero is to even, three. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, zero, zero to, to three. three. And the great thing is that we have amazing partners and amazing agencies in Santa Barbara. Calm is incredible. Um, they do... Um, family support parenting classes, they do DV support classes, family service agency, transition house, um, council on alcohol and drug abuse. I I think, again, let me just give a shout out to the nonprofit community, Mm -hmm. um, being a, being coming from the Santa Barbara foundation and, and being well aware of all of the agencies. I am again, talk about a piece of, of a privileged life to live in this community throughout the County, not just Santa Barbara, but Santa Maria, um, Lompoc, Orcutt, um, Guadalupe, uh, all of the nonprofit, the community-based organizations that knit together to really support 
our community, from the environment to arts to education to health and human services. I honestly don't know what the community would look like without the nonprofit sector. And I know people say, oh, you know, there's too many nonprofits. Like, in my estimation, there's really not <laughs> enough. You know, government funding is shrinking. Um, you know, the direction of, of private enterprise, it's sort of like more for me, more for me. That's a very big generalization, although our, our corporate partners are extremely generous. But um, I have the World Health Organization information. Okay. Rachel. Oh, yes. So our crack research has, has, has turned out uh, some interesting uh, information that, that everybody should should really go. This is this is a topic that you should be everyone should be better versed on, um, uh, especially since, according to the World Health Organization, there is no place on Earth. Huh. That is that reports less uh, significantly less uh, domestic violence th- than any other place. What what is does seem to be a distinction is the access to firearms. Well, oh. and that yeah. will change. Oh. That will change. It's like a seatbelt in a in a slow moving accident versus right. not a seatbelt. You can take a a minor accident that could be resolved and everybody could survive and turn it into uh, something that people don't walk away from. So, uh, if that tells you anything, it's uh, the the concept is worldwide, uh, but the tools to execute the concept are uh, different. It's that's true. So when we um, it, during our vigils, we, we do what we call a s- silent witness. And so we read the stories of the last people that have, the last 10 people that have lost their lives. With the exception, I think, of two, um, it's all, it's all um, firearms. Gun so they've all yeah. been shot. And so, again, where you may have the ability to sort of cool down um, without the tool, um, Certainly, um, and again, my my personal opinion, um, it makes it a lot worse. So thank you for that. That's that's why we I guess have we're not all moving to Norway. No, no it doesn't. It won't do. You. Sweden. Mm, no. Yeah. Sweden is uh, reports very. We're not. Sweden's a bad, bad place. Okay. So, but they so have universal health care. So, so they can make. Yeah. So we've been talking about the prevention side, and that's that's the long tail of this. Um, I also thought about. Um, we don't teach kids dating behavior or how to date or how to pick a mate or right. we don't we don't no, we'll leave that up to no somebody school. else we'll leave that up to to the families to decide yeah there's an app for that i mean it's so there's, there's <laughs> oh, no. if only yeah, yeah. if only yeah. there was no you know, i know that app right? it destroys people yeah it's, it's yeah, swipe not a good app swipe not a good right app. yeah uh so so because there's an opportunity at the high school level, right. I think, as well, yeah. probably, right? And at college as well. And then you add alcohol to that mix and you just, it's like pouring napalm on it. This right? is that, don't I don't need to train my daughter self-defense. You need to train your son, y- you know, earlier on. That whole back and forth. Well, there's there. there is a lot of that, too. There are actually several organizations. One is led by a gentleman called Jackson Katz and the other by, who I heard speak, um, here in Santa Barbara, and then another organization by Ted Bunch called A Call to Men. Mm. And it really, really reaches out to particularly young men about yeah. about yeah. respect, about restraint, about, again, consent. Junior high. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, it's, again, after raising kids through that really tumultuous period from about 12 But on. your kids were pre-iPhone. My kids were pre-iPhone before you had a $1,000 computer in your pocket, which changed 
everything. So I'm not going to go into <laughs> the, um, we just had one of our advocates uh, had did a presentation on cyber stalking yeah. and the use oh, of yeah. technology. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Cell phones, uh, I, I mean, again, apart from all the horrific things that, you know, that can be done and how people can track other people. But but one of the main forms of abuse that our high school students um, re- tell us about is just obsessive, constant texting. Hmm. Just, you know, he won't leave me alone. He, I've gotten 42 text messages from him in the last hour or even more. And so it's it's this it's this instant access it's yep. the never being yep. able to yep. i mean i'd like to send the the uh, every teenager into the wilderness to hike and fish and you know and smell the roses because we've got to get away at some point from this over that, that, imbu- it just being imbued with technology that horse has left the barn know, or whatever they know. say you know I, <laughs> or, or, there's an episode in black mirror I, oh, I, right. I don't. I don't promote don't? that kind of fear. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, I, I you watch, can't think about it. No. Yeah, yeah. So you got to watch Big Bird. Yeah. So, uh, he's out. I know. After fifty wait, years. Wait. 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 Whoa! You're breaking me. What? What? He retired. Uh, the same years. guy that's been playing Big no, Bird. No, but for then 50 he talked. He talked. Uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Park. Listener. Breaking news. <laughs> that's Big a real, Bird. That's a retired. Yeah. That's. Uh, you know not, what? Good for him. Yeah, him. but you know what he did? He uh, you can't see this on the radio, but um, his right hand was up above his head, and that's how he operated head. So for fifty years, that guy has been his right hand up for however many hours a day they shoot. Sure, just crazy. Uh, anyway, okay. I want to transition to after. So they come in, and we've talked before. You said you're really a homeless agency, which yes. now I, I yes. didn't. I didn't understand. I know. I, I do understand Shocking, now. Huh? Um, and they're in your care for a short period of time. What's the aftercare? Because it feels like that's a whole nother universe to, to talk about in a few minutes. Yes. So when people come into our shelter, they can stay for up to 45 days. Hmm. Um, that We do give extensions um, if they need to. What we try to do immediately is set, we, we call it case management. And I was thinking about this when I was coming over. It's like I used to hear case management when I was at the foundation. I think, what does that really mean? It's really about helping people pull their lives together and connect them with resources that where they can continue on a journey. So when people come in, we, we certainly want to address safety issues. So we help them develop a safety plan. Sometimes they don't have their belongings. You know, they don't have... Oh, they, it's just like they're going to ICU is yeah, how I look at yeah. it, right? It's like you're in... This is they serious distress. Well, and I mean, they don't have birth certificates for their children. No. They don't have their driver's license if they even have a car, et cetera. And, and again, as well as all their personal belongings. So we sometimes have to figure out how they're going to do... You know, well, how they're going to get that. Um, they may have legal issues, custody issues. Um you know, there's the whole immigration thing has put a whole nother layer of stress on people. Right. We are a completely, you know, safe agency. We don't check in immigration status. Um, so so we may have to help them, you know, connect with legal aid um, or other legal resources to figure those things out. They may need a temporary or permanent restraining order. Um, they may have a court appearance. They, we, we connect them with social services, CalWORKs. Um, Cal Fresh for food. Because it's not just like 
like the game of tag and once they get to your place which is base they can just be like okay we are completely impervious to to other damage it's like mm-hmm. no if you have a court appointment you have to go to if you have oh if you have a parenting plan in place that means that your court ordered you know for those kids and so you have you can't just I- ignore that you have to deal with exactly it. and we and i do i'm going to pause right here to just say because i hope every single person on my staff is listening I work with the most amazing people I have ever worked with. Wow. And I've been working since I was 15, and that is a hell of a long time. Me too. I can't say that on the air. Me too. But our- No one's listening. It's fine. Our advocates, um, client advocates, are to a person, they're they're angels. They care. They, They work their fingers to the bone trying to make all these connections with people. You can't help but want to- yeah, I mean, I want to hug them at all times. They're so they're so amazing. Our clinical director is, she lives in Guadalupe. I call her from my Catholic background, Our Lady of Guadalupe, because she <laughs> is amazing. Of um, so, so what we try to do. So what you're right. Once they get to to the to the to the safe spot, then we have to figure out where do they go from there. So the number one issue is housing. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I don't know if you've ever looked for a one-bedroom apartment in Santa Barbara or even Santa Maria or even Guadalupe. It's expensive. And when you have no source of income. Or maybe you haven't even been, you, you've not been on the lease. You're not on the lease. lease. You've right. not been, so you have no credit. No, no you credit. Don't exist, or yeah. you, no, you don't have a car, you know, et cetera. So or one get, of a thousand other problems. It gets, it gets worse. Yeah. But we try to deal with sort of the here and now, um, you know, the, the emergency Triage. Yeah, we were triage. That's the perfect word. So they can stay up to forty-five days. We we try to help them get move on to the you know to the next step. We have a transitional housing unit in here in Santa Barbara. Um, It has sixteen one-bedroom apartments, and so if people qualify, which means they have to have some type of income, because it's HUD funded, um, we can move them into our transitional housing for up to eighteen months. And again, we have a whole other case management client services team there that works on getting them permanent supported housing. I mean, you don't get over a 20-year abusive cycle Mm-mm. in 18 Mm-mm. months. Not at all. I'm sorry. Not at all. No. Yeah. But also, as you describe this, and this is, this is maybe a sadness in my own heart about this, um, what you've just described there, um, the fact that they would have to go through such a fire and such a, you know, like such a horrific experience to get there, and you think like, ah, um, I wish... I wish that the, the program you just described existed for anybody who needs that level of support, not 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 because you were right. violently attacked or that you've been suffer, suffering through domestic violence, but just like, wouldn't it be great if we as a community decided that any 22-year-old uh, who was struggling or any 23-year-old who didn't know how to like process this thing in their life or didn't wasn't ever on a lease or mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. that it was like, I, it's it's so tragic that we have to wait until they get to a place, well, an that's, emergency. That's a real, that's a great point. There are, I mean, again, we have a number of agencies that deal with youth homelessness, um, with, I mean, homeless, I just went to a county continuum of care meeting um, we're talking about they. The state just released, I think, eight point six million dollars in uh, homelessness is the probably the number one priority of the of the government of the state government. And so, how do we how how do we as a community address that? So you've got people like New Beginnings that have mm. the safe parking program, Good Samaritan up in um, Santa Maria that has five hundred 
500 beds. Wow. But again, we're all dealing with different things at different times. Um, you know, the person that may be coming into a path in Santa Barbara or the rescue mission may have a whole set, other set of, of issues. They may have a, a, they may have domestic violence issues, but they're not coming into those places because they have a DV incident, and that's what where we when we bring people in. Mm. But but going forward, you know, it's sometimes I have to remind myself that. I I have to think of the it's sort of the starfish you know rule it's like you know right, you right, can only right, save right. that one starfish that you, if you thought about the overwhelming issue and sort of the wave crashing on you you couldn't get up in the morning but you think about you know we've had you know I've seen we have um, especially with young with the kids the young adults that are we have a couple um, have had a couple uh, young people come through our shelters recently and. If we send out a, um, a a request on our Facebook page or whatever for something specifically um, for these young people, you would you would not believe the response that we get. People want to people want the thought that you know that a teenager doesn't have the right clothes and they're getting teased at school. Oh, I I would go I, I I would go straight to Big Five and buy every Michael Jordan or whoever's mm-hmm. the latest mm-hmm. <laughs> LeBron. Is, isn't <laughs> like really dating myself? <laughs> I can't never get over Michael Jordan. Mickey Mantle. Okay. There's still Jordans. There's still Jordans. <laughs> I I think is isn't it that that it we so often are faced with these these struggles that seem just so nefarious and so just too big and you yeah. ha- like that thing of yeah. like I don't have a starfish yeah. to save it's all the the <laughs> whole ocean is on fire <laughs> exactly. and and so so there's that moment where it's like you're giving me one starfish I can save the shit out of that oh, starfish and right. believe yeah. me right. when we do we celebrate right yeah we yeah, absolutely right celebrate when we find someone housing we have a, a, a one of our staff is our a rapid rehousing expert and she is amazing um, and so you know the county has Section Eight vouchers where you get it's it's a funding mechanism, and this woman Dora is incredible about she was totally on top of like when the deadlines were getting these people getting them their Section Eight vouchers. We want to get them into permanent supported housing, and when they do and they feel so great about it, ring the bell, and they come back and they tell us what happened to them. I I went to an event and we brought one of our survivors and. She was so nervous. You know, they're always nervous to talk in public. And she told about um, she ultimately found a place to live in Carpinteria. And she she kind of relayed her whole sort of life story since she left Domestic Violence Solutions. And I went home and I thought, I can get up and do this one mm-hmm, more day because mm-hmm. th- because these people and you never know where they're going to go or who right, they're right, going to influence. Right. It's kind of the concentric circles of throwing a rock in a pond or mm. whatever that is. I, I'm going to leave it on that thinking of the ripples that, that we make because if we, you know, you know me as a Tedster and I think that one idea can change the world. It, it can, it Mark. absolutely can change the world and that one person that you save might go to raise a kid who becomes the one who saves all of us. I believe that. So we can't be yep. overwhelmed by these things. Jan, I'm so glad you're in charge of this problem now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or at least you're you you're at the the center of this universe. Um, I, I I saw a lot of pictures in my mind of a of the safety net and where all the nodes are on that net and and how we, you know, we we had a TED talk where he, he talked about second responders. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. Right. And the second responders are, are the net, but there's still holes in a net, 
right? And that isn't a perfect thing. But you're doing a great job. Thank you so much for thank, that. Thank you for give, having me. I want to give people the phone number again. Uh, it's one 964 5245 See something, say something applies here uh, tremendously. What's the website? It's dvsolutions.org. Check it out. Come to our vigil if you can um, next Thursday, October 25th. So people may Noema. hear this in the the far future uh, yes. in a time capsule. Oh, yes, time capsule. Um, so this would have happened. This oh, yes. There'll be a visual probably coming up again. Exactly. Every October. Yeah. And, and because we're in 42 countries, um, don't. Go seek out this service in your community so you are aware of it. Something may not be happening now, but to be aware of it, to vector a friend there or to provide financial Absolutely. support or to or go uh, become a volunteer. This this is the, the you know, something we could all support. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. I always love being on your show. Now, our listener is wondering, Mark, why didn't you ask Jan to title the show? Yeah, yeah, Mark, why didn't you ask Jan to title the show? She did. Oh, what she, what was the title? It's the s- domestic violence colon. Yeah. The silent epidemic. Oh, she did title the show. She titled the yeah, show. That's the the show. And um, I would expect nothing less. Yeah, that was that was spectacular. So I didn't put her have to put her on the spot. Great. Right, because she doesn't like that. I Let's just that. keep talking about her like she's not still here. Oh, she's. Oh, hi, Jan. There hi. she is. I like that, I like so, that title. So be an upstander. Be an upstander. That's the quote. Yeah. Yes. So there's a quote that goes, yeah. and the t shirt that yes. follows, and all proceeds will go yes. uh, to someplace. Um, so uh, I want to also. I, so thank you so much. You're welcome. You're our first guest and our 195th guest. Pretty good. So yeah. that's yeah. that T-shirt is in the mail. Of course, the other yeah. person, the other listener, might say, "Oh, you waited 195 episodes to bring her back." Well, no, we're starting on uh, season two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services, and our podcasting partner, Polestring Press. Now, Patrick, yeah, Mark. <clears throat> you know we do nine shows now. Yes. And you have two in the oven. We have two in the oven. And uh, so we found that uh, what we call conversational content mm-hmm. is a spectacular add to any marketing program. And whether it's an organization or a company, tell us more about that. Well, just, I mean, even thinking historically, I think that any organization out there that needs to get themselves on the record, you need to get, get the ideas that you have inside of your company. You need to get that brain trust. You need to get that thought leadership. Yep. You need to get it uh, recorded uh, for posterity and also just, just for the sake of being able to say, hey, where, where do we stand on this? How do we feel about this? What do we believe in this? Or, 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 or how do we just, uh, I used to say when I was teaching a lot, that I never knew exactly what I thought until I had to say it in front of people. That's right. And being being present uh, with, with your own ideas and saying them out loud and verbalizing them uh, gives you a place to stand and say, this is where, I, this is what I believe in as a company and as an organization or as, or just as an individual who says, I need a podcast because this is an opportunity to take your thoughts, codify them in the fastest, easiest, least expensive way you can imagine. Newest show is with a 17-year-old high school senior who is a first-generation uh, Southeast Asian immigrant. Um, oh, he's not, his parents were. And he's doing a millennial view of Southeast Asian culture from the American point of view. It's a niche audience, but he's going to, he'll find an audience at 20,000 uh, pretty quickly. So yeah. That's if, awesome. if you have an idea, uh, get a hold of us, uh, send us a note to podcast at 805connect.com. Patrick, our listener who has stayed to the very end, they, oh, they what, know. 
They know. They, they know, know what to do because they, they know listen. that they've been waiting and that they haven't reviewed us yet and they haven't put stars on our show yet. And they and, feel bad. And they haven't told their friends now about the show. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time. Pick up the phone. Pick up the scroll phone. Scroll through, as you've told us in episode 168. And just, just grab it and just, just put a few stars on star, it. Star, star, star. Let people know. We'll take all five stars. Yeah, let pe- yeah, why not? <laughs> if, you've got, if you're already there, why not just give it five stars? <laughs> Who is sitting there going, you know what? I don't know. Three or four. Patrick was a little obnoxious today. We're going to give him two. Oh, my gosh. Alone. I would love to hear from you if you've got questions on uh, or ideas of people we could talk to. We um, 100% of the ideas for guests uh, come to us from your emails. Thank you so much. Drop me a line at mark at 805connect.com, and thank you so much. So until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. <laughs>